You're listening to the Community Church in Orange podcast. We hope you enjoy today's episode. So glad you're here with us this morning. I just wanted to say, uh, Eugene comes on full-time with us starting Monday as our youth pastor full-time. He'd been just helping us, you know, helping with the kids and still working like 60 hours a week or 100 hours a week or 1,000 hours a week, I don't know. Whatever it was. He worked at a car dealership, so if you know anything about that, it's night and day. And so we're excited about him coming on board. We've got a, a big summer planned with our youth and children. We're going to really be focusing on reaching into the lives of children and teenagers in the coming months and coming years, and I'm excited about it. Amen? Amen. Hey, uh, don't go too far. I need you in my, my sermon. I'm going to use you as an illustration. Is that okay? Good. Good deal. Amen. And I'm going to surprise somebody here in a minute, and they're going to join me on the platform. They don't know. So you'll look under your seat. If you have a lucky, I'm just kidding. <laughs> He's like that Willy Wonka and the golden ticket, except you don't want the golden ticket. <laughs> so glad that you're here. I'm Pastor Lloyd Thurman. I'm the lead pastor with my, my wife, Leslie. And if you're a visitor here, would you raise your hand? Your visitors this morning? We got any visitors? Yeah, we got a visitor missionary and a visitor right here. And uh, we appreciate you and so glad you've chosen to worship with us this morning. And I... Uh, I'm thankful that you've come to, I know it's Jamal, I think, was. is that right? Robert, no, I can't remember. I met so many people yesterday, I can't remember all the names, but uh, it was a great day yesterday. We had 15 children raise their hands for salvation, and uh, I, I love that part, but I genuinely love the part of seeing all of our church serving. Amen. And so... We're going to do this again, but the next one I told the kids we're going to do a water day. I told JC to announce that, and so we're going to do a water day after this probably sometime in May, and we'll get the kids out there, and we're going to spray them down with water. And uh, yesterday I water ballooned JC with the balloon. I wish we had the video, but I don't have it prepared, I don't think. Uh, and you've got to see the video of JC running the sack race. It was great. Matter of fact, I beat him in a sack race. Now, no, nobody told me I had to put both legs in that sack, but... You know, it's called a handicap, folks, and uh, got to help an old man out. And uh, Hey, there is a sign-up sheet upstairs, uh, outside the, uh, the sanctuary here. Uh, Jenna Lee had commented about the increased fervency in prayer Tuesday mornings and Thursday mornings at 8.30, but there's also a fasting calendar that begins next week. If you could sign up and join us in fasting, listen, folks, I can tell you this, just as much as prayer is important, the old uh, discipline of fasting because here's the thing, what we're saying to God is, Lord, you're more important than a meal. And I will tell you this, that it not only impacts your church, but it ultimately it will impact you in your, in your heart growing closer to God, being more sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And I will tell you that in the hour we're living in, I think that's so necessary because there's just a bombardment of darkness in the world that we live in today that has a tendency, even for people that attend church, their hearts grow cold or indifferent to the voice of the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, but I want to be very sensitive to the Spirit of God's leading and direction. I need it in my life. I need it as a pastor, and I would encourage you, you need that as an individual. Amen? Amen. I want to share a message with you this morning entitled, The Moment You Let Go. I'm going to be reading from Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. I'm going to read through 22 through verse 36. Many of you are probably familiar with this verse of Scripture. In Matthew chapter 14, verse 22, it says this, And immediately 
Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. When they had crossed over, they came to the land of Gennesaret. And when the men of that place recognized him, they sent out into all the surrounding region, brought to him all who were sick. And they begged him that they might only touch the hem of his garment. As many as touched it were made perfectly well. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for the power and the presence of your spirit, Lord, in this service. Uh, so much you've already done from the healing of bodies, from the deliverance from anxiety and fear, from the, just the freedom in this house, Lord. We thank you, and we have an anticipation of, of more of what you're going to do. I pray this morning, speak through the word. Open our hearts and our, to, to hear, God, our ears to hear and our eyes to see and our heart to receive your word, that seed of your word. Water it by your spirit, God, that it can grow and pr- produce fruitfulness in our life. In the name of Jesus, amen. The moment you let go. Several years ago, Leslie and I, the best vacation that we've ever taken, and we've been blessed and fortunate over the years to take some vacations, and, but we, we've got to go to Colorado once. Anybody like Colorado? It's, man, that is a beautiful place. It's just a long drive. And we were in Mineral Wells, so from here it's a really long drive. But we went to Colorado, and we stayed in a cabin, and we went around the mountains and did a lot of events. We went whitewater rafting, and I can tell you this, if you've never been whitewater rafting, you have to do it. It's amazing. Now, if you flip over, don't blame me. That's, you know, between you and God. But I'm just telling you, it was amazing. A lot of fun. And uh, so we did a lot of activities. We rode around the mountains. We rented Jeeps. We went to old ghost towns. We, we found an old town that had a little general store up in the, way up in the mountains. And they had all these little chipmunks. And you could, uh, I think, buy peanuts or something. I can't remember what it was. And so we have videos. The kids were little and they're out there, and these little chipmunks are crawling all over them, and they're feeding. It just was an awesome experience. But one of the things that we did while we were there is we decided to go ziplining. Now, ziplining in itself is a pretty amazing event, but when you do it in the mountains, it's a really amazing event because the zip lines are over canyons. Hallelujah. It was very expensive to do it. Matter of fact, it was more expensive than whitewater rafting. But we decided, you know, we're going to go ziplining. And... Uh, so we got up there, and, you know, they're teaching you to do this, and you have to harness up and everything. And, you know, my sweet and precious wife, I got her permission to talk about this story a little bit. So I'm learning, folks. you got to get permission before you start using her as an illustration. And Because uh, <laughs> uh, I want to stay married. Amen. <laughs> and, uh, so she got up there to be with her family. She just decided to do it. Now, those of you who don't know my wife, she has a, a little bit of a fear of heights. And... Uh, so we get up there, and um, they harnessed us in, and, and they, they brought us to this uh, cliff. And it's like a two or 300-foot drop-off. 
way down, and, and you're going to go across that with a zip line. Now, let me tell you, folks, there is a lot of faith on a person's part to put yourself in that position. First of all, you have to believe that the harness is going to hold you up. You have to trust that the steel cable is strong enough to hold your body weight. Come on, some of us, we might be concerned about that. You have to trust that the bolts that are bolted into the steel post are strong enough to not break and release the cable. You have to have faith in the steel post that's been put there that it won't bend when you get on it. You have to have faith in the, in the post cement in the ground that it's not going to pop out of the ground. There's a lot of faith, but I'll tell you, when I stood up there, I didn't even think about that. I wouldn't, those things were not going through my mind about, you know, what if this breaks or that makes. I was looking at the awesome view of what I was about to experience. Now, was I just, you know, gung-ho to jump off a cliff? No. <laughs> but they, they put you up there, and this is, this is incredible. One of the things that they do is they force you to step off and to move forward. Now, they give you instructions, don't. You know, you have a break and stuff, and when you, they say, be very careful when you get out there. Don't just break or you'll end up stuck out in the middle. And, and that happened to our, our then daughter-in-law. She got stuck out. That was horrible. Poor thing was screaming, Aah! you know, out in the middle of that deal. But I got on it, and I, I mean, it was exhilarating. I'm like, I'm Superman, you know, and I'm flying in the breeze. And I'm, man, just an incredible view. And, and I get across the way, and I'm excited. And, and so Leslie is up next. I, I, I didn't even think about her being afraid of heights. It hadn't even crossed my mind. It was just an experience for us and our family, and she loves her family so much, she decided she was going to go ziplining with us and never said a word. So she gets up, and I'm on the other side, and she's coming across. And, you know, it's incredible is to think that she stepped off, off of that cliff. And as she's coming across, I, I think she's laughing. So I'm videoing it. I'm going to be like, she's laughing. Look at her. She's like, I enjoyed it. And the closer she got, I realized she's crying. I better just put that right up here in this pocket, you know. And she went through all the zip lines with us, but it was a very difficult thing. Now she has a testimony that she went zip lining. I don't think you'll ever get a second testimony out of her. I say that to say this, that the reality is that if you're going to experience anything in your relationship with God, there are going to be places and times that you're going to have to step off and you're going to have to completely trust God's provision. If you're going to experience anything with him, the Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God. And I, and I have just believed that, that the Lord is desiring to take every individual in this room and every person on live stream. He's wanting to take you to a place and a position where you've never been before. And the truth about that, when you've never been to these places, you have to be utterly dependent upon the one that is guiding you. And if you are utterly dependent upon the one who's guiding you, you have to have trust and faith that just like a pilot when you get on an airplane, that you trust that that pilot knows where he's going and that he's going to land you safely when he gets you there. When I was in Russia, my pilots were sitting there drinking shots of vodka before we got on the plane. I didn't know it was the pilots until they stood up and put their jackets and their hats on. And I was like, let's start interceding, folks. You need to give me some of that vodka now. <laughs> we have to trust God's provision that he knows exactly where he wants you to go. But the truth is... In his provision and plan and purpose for your life, there are places that God tells you to step into areas that you don't naturally go in. 
Matter of fact, your natural inclination probably is to shrink away and to step forward. And there has to be a place where you start saying, God, I'm going to let go and I'm going to let God. And if you're going to let go and let God, then you're going to have to get to that place of absolute trust. And he's calling you and I to a place and a position of a new walk. As I said, we're, we're going to a place we've never been before. And I want to tell you this. I believe it's a word the Lord spoke to me about this church in particular, that community church is going to go to a place it's never been. I believe that. You say, Pastor Thurman, that's a little bit arrogant. At one point, I've, I've seen the pictures of the house full of people. I can tell you this, I don't mind a house full of people, but I want to see people on their face being brought into relationship with Jesus. I want to see what I saw yesterday, as Jenna Lee pointed out, the, the fact that these children, she's seeing that that's a great word. These kids will pastor your grandchildren. So we have to care about the reality that there are other generations that are coming beyond us. And I believe that the Lord is taking us to a place and a position that maybe we've never been before. And it may be that we all, or maybe at times, are going to get uncomfortable. I've been uncomfortable when the hurricane hit and I was standing there and I had to sign a contract for $175,000 for mold remediation without talking to the board about it. If I didn't sign that contract right then, that guy was going to leave. So I had to sign it. And I'm like, that's all on me. I had to do this. I, I, I hope we can come up with the money. I don't know. But I'll tell you, there are places that God says, listen, if you will step out, I will make provision for you. Let me tell you, folks, God will never fail you. So let me talk to you for a moment about the struggle to do the will of God. And so the Bible tells us that, that, that Jesus was sending them to the other side. And I, I would tell you that I believe that that was representative of the will of God. And sometimes we think that the will of God is this very specific destination that God's trying to get us to. I know when I was in, in, in Bible college, my degrees in missions, I was sharing with our missionary that my heart is missions, my desire. I honor that. Listen, folks, missionaries don't have to do what they're doing. And people are like, oh, it's so wonderful. You get to travel to exotic locations. Let me tell you, exotic locations have exotic diseases. They have exotic foods that you don't want to eat. Come on. I was in Iquitos, and they were barbecuing grubs, on a, big old worms on a stick, and selling them. I had a friend who said, man, if I had some money, I'd eat one of those. I said, well, let me buy you one, son. I'm, I'm ponying up. Of course, he backed out of that. So I believe there is at times a struggle to do the will of God, but nonetheless there has to be a place of understanding that the will of God is not just arriving at a destination, but it is a journey. Part of the plan of the will of God is not just to get you to a place, but it is the process that brings you ultimately to that place. As they've, you've heard it said before, the journey of a thousand miles begins with what? One step. So in order for us to move into the place that God wants us individually and I think corporately as a body, there has to be steps of faith that God is calling each and one of us uniquely to. You may be, you have situations and circumstances that are not my situations and circumstances. But nonetheless, we all are called to a place where God says, if you're going to experience my supernatural ability, it is going to mean that you're going to have to move into a place that is not natural. It is supernatural. 
I don't know about you, but there have been times in my life that I needed God's provision in a supernatural way, only to find that God supernaturally showed up. But it didn't just happen overnight. There were, there were days of waiting. There were days of crying. There were days of, of praying. And I will tell you, in all of those days, there had to be days of believing God. So I want to encourage you this morning. God has a plan for your life. Maybe it doesn't seem like it's worked out the way that you thought it was going to work out. But nonetheless, God knew the beginning and the end of your life. And he's walking with you right now through every fire and every storm that you're in. And God's just asking you if you just trust him and believe him. And maybe he's saying, listen, you need to get out of the mully grubs. Anybody know what the mully grubs is? That's an old West Texas tournament. Come on. I know you older folks know the mully grubs. You get in a place where you're kind of a self-pity place and depression and it doesn't seem like things are going to work out. He's calling you out of that place of safety and he said, listen, I am sending you to the other side. The Bible tells me this, he who began a good work is what? He who began a good is what? Say it again. Faithful. He who began a good work is faithful to complete it. So I can promise you this. If God begins something in your life, you can be assured that he's sending you to the other side. And it's representative of his divine plan and will. I love Missy is working with us. She's come to the community church and she works. She works like a dog, folks. Not a D-O-G, a D-A-W-G. We've had to be like, you need to go home. She's from California and Vermont, is that right? Who would have thought God would send us a Yankee down here? Okay, then we'll give her that. But just a few short months ago, you were living in California. And you moved here. I believe everything. It was the divine plan and purpose of God to get you here. And he brought you here and you experienced a hurricane. I want you to get this. The journey of God does not mean that it will always be easy. But God will always be faithful in the journey. No matter the storm, no matter the consequence. So his will is found on the other side and he has a plan for your life. And that for some, that plan just maybe consists of getting a job, getting money, getting a house or a kids. But I believe that the will and the plan of God is so much more for that, for every believer that would be willing to walk into the place that God called them to walk. For some, their idea of following the plan and the will of God for their life is coming to church on Sunday morning, giving of their tithes, maybe working a little bit in their local church. The truth is, God's plan is a kingdom plan. His kingdom plan is beyond just the local church, community church. His kingdom plan is the hearts and the minds of men and women in our community today that do not know him. And the truth is, you are to be a light in the midst of darkness. I am all about revival. I'm all about God moving in community church and in power and and his presence overflowing in this house. And people, all of us getting touched by the presence of God. But at the end of the day, if we do not keep sight of the real purpose of community church to be that healing, place, not only in body, but in soul and spirit, men and women coming into relationship with Jesus, folks. That is the destiny. That is the purpose. That is ultimately the plan of community church, because one day this building will be gone. This earth will be transformed by renewed by fire. And every one of us will stand before the Lord. And we want to see as many coming into relationship with God as can be possible. It's not just about building a better, bigger organization, folks. It's about the kingdom of the living God. With that being said, we're going to be partnering with all sorts of churches. 
We're going to be partnering with non-denominational, independent. Hey, I'm, I'm up for any, any denomination that wants to work with us. Because here's the truth. We want to see Jesus glorified and exalted over Orange County, over the Golden Triangle. We want to declare the, the, the glory of God over our community. Because we want to see like these children yesterday and their families being touched with the love of Jesus. So God has a plan. It tells me this in Acts 10, 1040. And him God raised up on the third day, showed him openly, not to all the people, but to witnesses chosen before by God, even to us who ate and drank with him after he arose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach the gospel, to preach to people, and to testify that he was he who was ordained by God to be the judge of the living and dead. So according to the word of God, he raised people up and chose them, ordained them to go and to preach the gospel. I will tell you this, I don't think it's just referencing the professional ministry. For some, their idea is that, that the role of ministry happens just here with the pastor, with Pastor Lloyd or Pastor Stephen or, or, or J.C. or Eugene or Jenna Lee or Leslie or whoever that, that working within the ministries of the church. And, 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 and the American mentality has kind of been that, you know, we employ those professional uh, roles. And here's the truth. We need pastors to train up the works of the ministry is what the Bible says. The Bible tells me that on the day of when persecution broke out and all of the church was scattered, that it was the apostles that stayed in Jerusalem. And the Bible tells me that the rest of the church, everywhere they went, they preached the gospel. That's where you get your word evangelized. So it was that they went everywhere they went. They were sharing Jesus with people. So for some, the idea of struggling to enter into the will of God pertains only to the things of their life, pertaining like family and, 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 and things and jobs, etc. The truth is the will of God is getting you on place and on track with being a light in darkness. I'm convinced that when we put that as the primary purpose of our life, everything else begins to flow. And I, I, I'm just convinced that the result of that is that when we put our, our focus so much on the things of this life, we will not be fulfilled in our hearts and our lives. Now, I'm going to ask Eugene, stand up, Eugene. So, G, Eugene, you're going to be Jesus for me. You got a beard. You look like a good Jesus. Come on. Let's show Jesus a hand. I'm going to need you for a minute. I need you to go up there and stand in that balcony. Come on, Jesus, hurry up. <laughs> All right, where are you at, Jesus? Give me a wave. I'm getting old. Oh, there you are. You got a black shirt on. You kind of disappear into the light. So in, in, this, in this scriptural event, the Bible says that Jesus placed them in the boat. And he did something incredible. He didn't get in the boat with them. He actually went to the mountain you're on the mountain, Jesus. Say, I'm on the mountain. Oh, yeah, that's good. He went to the mountain, and the Bible says he began to pray. Now, if you know the context of the situation, his cousin John had been killed previous. And, and in this situation, he said, listen, we're going to go the other side. Now, Jesus had every intent to be on the other side with them. And, and, and I am convinced that in this situation... That he knew every event and every occurrence that was going to happen to the disciples as they went across the sea. And so the Bible tells me that he sent them on and, and he goes up on the mountain and he begins to pray. And I want to tell you this, that the Bible says he ever lives to make intercession for you. 
So right now, in accordance with the word of the living God, right now, your life, your situation, your circumstance, whatever you're enduring in your life, Jesus himself is standing before the throne of God praying for you. That's what the Bible says. Isn't that incredible to think about Jesus praying for you? Well, if anybody's praying for you and making it, hallelujah, he's going to be my prayer partner. He is praying and standing with you right now in your situation. Now, I, I know that so many times we, in the context of our situations, what we're going through really dominates what we're experiencing and what we're dealing with. You know, you get up in the morning and you go through a bad situation and you kind of kind of hard to get your mind wrapped around what you got to do. Y'all know what I'm talking about? You maybe get up and get in an argument with your spouse or you, you know, they say kick the dog and yell at the kids, you know. You come to, anybody ever done that? You know what I'm talking about? Maybe you, you or people are holy. I don't know, but. So the experiences and the difficulties sometimes can be at the forefront. And what happens is we start just seeing the problems and the things we're going through. And our life is so dominated by that and build, dealing with that that we can't see beyond the problem and where God's leading us to. So right now, Jesus, where are you at, Jesus? Hallelujah. The God of the mountain. Come on, folks. Y'all, some of you don't know that song. <laughs> so Jesus is on the mountain, and he sends the disciples out onto the sea. And, and I, need, I need help. I need Kenny Como. Come on, Kenny. Come on, Kenny. He didn't know I was going to surprise him. Come on, brother. Grab you a chair and bring you a chair up here. Bring me another chair. Hand me, hand me another chair. We're going to go up here. We're going to get on a boat. I'll let you, brother. Come on. So, Kenny, you're going to be Peter, okay? Sure. All right, we'll get you another one. Come on up here, Peter. Show Peter some love. Now, we know Peter was an older guy. I'm Mark. So, so the Bible tells us that Jesus sent them out. Thank you, brother. Look at this missionary. What a servant. Double that man's pledge, Stephen. So the Bible says that, that they're out there and they're rowing away. Come on, row with me, brother. Don't hurt your back. Oh, <laughs> My arm, my shoulder. I wonder if the disciples had bad shoulders. They're rowing away. They're working hard. And the Bible tells us that a storm arose in the midst of them traveling towards the will of God. I am convinced it wasn't just a natural event. I'm convinced that it was a demonic attack intended to keep them from progressing into the will of God. But I'm beyond this. I want to, I want to get you to this. Jesus knew they would endure the storm. You know what we do? We look for comfortable spaces. God is looking to get you into a place of uncomfortable spaces. Because when he can move you out of your comfort zone, I don't know about you, but I have a tendency to get lazy. Anybody get lazy? Come on, amen. Anybody love the recliner at the house? Hallelujah. Woo. Anybody like comfy shoes? Royce, you got some awesome shoes, brother. I, got, I had some blue suede shoes. You got blue suede shoes. I love it. We look for comfortable spaces, and here is the truth. Comfortable spaces is not where real growth begins. 
The American mentality, as I've said it over and over again, is buy all you can, can all you get, and set on the can. It's true. I can go look in your garage and we can see. Come on. So, so as Jesus is there, they're, they're working so hard. And, and, and out in the distance, they see him. Sometimes we see God as a, a distant person. You see him out there? Where is Jesus? Look at Jesus. He's walking on the water. I don't think this is Jesus. The Bible said they thought it was a ghost, not the Holy Ghost. Hey, Jesus, is that, what is that? It looks like a specter. I like that. Oh, oh God, it's a car salesman. Help us. He, he's trying to reach us about our car warranty. <laughs> So it's somewhere between 3 a.m. And, and 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. So it's in the dark of the night, and, 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 and the wind is blowing. And Now, anybody ever been out on a big lake in an area when a big windstorm blew up? It will sink your boat. And these, they didn't have motors. They're, they're working. Come on. Row, row, row your boat. Merrily, 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 merrily. This is no dream, folks. You're not in this boat. This is a real event, a real situation. Can you imagine what the mentality of these individuals that are in this boat? They're just doing what Jesus told them to do. Our missionary, have you ever experienced difficulty overseas? You probably could spend some time talking about it, couldn't you? The will of God is very difficult at times. But the truth is, many times we view Jesus as this distant figure. And I will tell you this, that's the difference between a religion and a relationship. The Bible tells us, he said, I will never forsake you nor leave you. So they're rowing. They're going at it. The storm has been, been beating them. The winds have been hindering them. They're trying their best to accomplish the will of God. They're working hard to get where Jesus told them to go. I can tell you this, as a pastor, I've been there. I've rode and rode community church many times. God, you got to help us through this hurricane, Jesus. God, you're going to send COVID. Come on, Lord, come on, not COVID too. Get that COVID out of the boat, Jesus. I just came here so it would, everything would be smooth sailing. That's what I'm about, Jesus. I want the easy route. I, I just want to get in the boat. Matter of fact, I want an Evan route. I want a, I want a, a, a Skeeter boat. Skeeter. We know what Skeeters are about, don't we? You know, somebody just bought a Skeeter and paid $100,000 for a boat. But they didn't have no power, but that's what I want, God. I want this Cadillac. I want the relaxation. I want everything to go well. But God knew exactly what I was needing. He knew that I didn't need just to get to the other side through the ease and the comfort of making it there. He knew that supernaturally he could provide a way. He could send the winds and blow me across the, 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 the lake. He could send angels to pick up the boat. But no, he said, I want you to row. I want you to work. And I'm going to send you into the storm because I have a purpose for your life. God, I don't want the storm. Jesus, you seem so distant. Matter of fact, you seem so distant. It's scary. You might be a ghost. And so the Bible tells us that 
he gets near, and immediately he spoke to them. Come on, Jesus, get a little closer to us. And this is what he said. He said two things. He said, first of all, don't fear. That's right. Don't be afraid. Fear holds people captive. I got to preach on this for a moment. Fear keeps you from accomplishing the will of God. So in March, before we came here, I, I, I just knew God told us to come. Now, the Lord didn't say, now you're going to have COVID and hurricanes. I told Leslie, we probably never have another hurricane. They've already been hit by those. It doesn't happen that often. And the devil's like, yeah, let's wait and see. <laughs> I am Laura. Hear me roar. God, I didn't, I didn't leave where I was comfortable. I'd worked hard to get where I was at, and it was comfortable. I didn't leave where I was comfortable to come to the storm. But the truth is, the Lord knows more about me than I know. And he has more of a plan for my life than even I can understand. For Leslie and I both. And he has a plan for this church. I hath not seen, ear hath not heard. So he said, don't be afraid. And here is the truth. If you're going to step into the will of God and you've been fighting and struggling, the first thing you're going to have to know is what Jesus is speaking to you right now is no matter what the storm is, no matter what you're going through, no matter what it looks like, no matter what you're seeing out in the distance, you must not live under the bondage of fear. And I love this. Don't, he said, not only don't fear, he said, it is I. It is I. That's right. You know, when he spoke to Moses, he said, tell them I am sent them. You know who I am is? I am is before beginning. I am is the end. He is the alpha and the omega. I'm going to tell you, you got to hear this. I want to jump up and run, but I can't leave the boat yet. I'm not Peter. I don't walk on water. <laughs> you know what we need in the midst of all that? We just have to know that he is. He's bigger than cancer, folks. You need to hear this. He's bigger than the circumstances of your marriage right now. He's bigger than the situations of your children. He's bigger than your finances. He's bigger than the winds that are keeping you from accomplishing the will of God. All you need to know is, it is me. And so he tells them that, and, and they get to that place that, that now it's, all right, what are we going to do with this? We don't be afraid. We, we know that Jesus is now here. And, and I love this. If we're going to step into a place of the will of God and the accomplishment of God for community church, we're going to have to get out of our happy place. You know what the happy place is? Will you give me my blankie? We ever done that with God? I know Kenny hadn't. So here he is. <laughs> we'll ask his wife. Jesus is there. And, and I love it. Peter says, if it's you. Notice the condition. It's conditional. If it's you, God. If it's really you. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? Lord, you're calling me to Iquitos. If it's really you, God, 
How many times have we laid fleeces out in front of God to determine whether or not it's the will of God? I had a friend one time told me they were trying to decide if they should buy a house, and so he prayed, and he said, Lord, if it's your will for us to buy this house, go out and, and let there be three bluebirds on the high line wire. They bought the house. I'm assuming there were three bluebirds. I, don't, I know when Leslie and I got married, I said, God, if it's your will, let us get credit. If it's your will for us to get married, thank God we got credit from Jewel, Gordon's jeweler. Because we'd have had to go somewhere else to get credit and determine if it was the will of God. I have always believed this. That God doesn't necessarily want to speak to you through circumstances. He wants you to have ears to hear his voice. That you know that you know without a shadow of a doubt what the will of God. If it's you, Jesus, call me out of the boat. So what does Jesus do? Come hither. Come hither. So... Peter gets up. Come on, Peter, let's get up. Glad I can't sit. I don't like sitting and preaching. That's weird. That's new age stuff. (laughs) Here's the truth. You have to get out of the boat to walk on water. You know what I saw yesterday? I saw a community church getting out of the boat. So I believe that the boat represented man-made security. It was our best ability to cross a, a, a natural barrier. The only thing that we could do was put together some sticks, nail them together, whatever, make a flotation device to cross water. Their best ability to get across to that other side was right sitting right there. And Jesus is out there living and walking in a place where they're not. And, and I think that it was a lesson that God had a plan and a purpose because, first of all, He knew where his disciples were. His goal and purpose was to raise the level of faith in their life. And I believe with everything in me, Jesus wants to raise the level of your faith and trust in him. He wants to move you to a position where, you you know they say this, the road to hell is paved with what? How many times have people said, well, I've got good intentions about good things of God, but they never step into the arena that God's called them to walk in? I'm convinced that within this house today, there are people that God's called you to speak the word, to share the word, maybe to sing, to work, whatever, to share the word with people at the gas station, at the grocery store, at the job, wherever. But for some reason, we have the intention to talk to them about Jesus, but we never move that in an operation of faith in my mouth, and I start working with my hands and my feet and my mouth and doing the thing that God called me to do. You see, real faith is proven by the actions and not just the attitudes. It's true. Let me sit back down, Peter. You know, Jesus told us to walk on water, Peter. We should write a book about walking on water. Hey, I got a good song. Walk on the water. That's a good song. Let's sing. Let's get the worship team to sing that. Hey, that's a walk on the water. Come on, I'm on a walk on the water. Yeah, yeah. You ever read that book about walking on water? Well, it's a good book. Let's, let's teach a class about walking on water. Great, great. Everybody, okay, you've already got it. Okay, let's go walk on water. Are you crazy? You can't walk on water. Well, you read the book. You sing the song. Am I preaching where you live? 
The same Jesus that called the disciples out of the boat of security, man-made security, is the same Jesus that's calling you in this last hour to step out of a place where you have grown comfortable. His presence wants to pour out in greater measure. He wants to use you in greater measure. I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say this, and I know you may not like this, but Jim, thank you for taking the bus and going over and picking up kids this morning at the deal. That is faith in action. So, so God's will and purpose is not just to... I mean, Jesus, you said you're getting them to the other side. But his will and purpose isn't just to get them to the other side. But there's a process to getting you there. I can tell you there was a process to getting me here. When I left Victory, the Lord knew that I, I could not have left the years of work and labor and toil that I'd given there to immediately come to community and deal with things that I've had to deal with. He had to put everything in plan and process. And so for about a year, he told me to take a sabbatical. So I took the sabbatical. That means I work like a dog with my business. That sabbatical hurt. You know what I think he's telling me to? You're getting too old to do this stuff, Lloyd. But he had to get me to a place and a position in preparation to bring me where he wanted me to do. And I'll tell you, he wanted to bring the disciples to a place of preparation so that he could accomplish his purpose in them and through them. I believe that the Lord has brought community church through a process so that he can get us to a back on the plan with doing what his will is. His will isn't about being the biggest or the best church in Orange County. His will is about the lost sons and daughters coming into relationship. And that's what we're going to be about. We're going to support missionaries. I told our missionary, we're going to be a million dollar a year giving in missions. That's my heart and my goal. We're going to. It's going to happen as you give. Come on, ever clap for that. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, Terry, let's get the offering bag out right now. <laughs> so the will of God wasn't just the, man, to get here now I've arrived. No, it is the process and the journey of getting there. So Jesus told Peter, listen, if, if you, you know, you're going to walk on the water, you're going to have to take a step. And so Peter gets off. Come on out here on the water with me. You'll never know God's miraculous provision, provision until you step out of the boat. Now, what is, what's your boat? Well, Pastor, my boat's not children. I've moved beyond children. I give that to the young adults. Maybe your boat's still children. Maybe God's calling you out of your comfy seat to go and serve in our children's ministry. Maybe God's call is to you to go serve in our nursery. You know the nursery is a ministry. We should be praying over those babies and loving them. And I had a pastor talking about, he taught his people, when you're changing their diapers, diapers, you speak a blessing over them. For me, it would be hold one hand over the nose and speak the other. I speak the blessing of the Lord. <laughs> Maybe that's not my call. <laughs> When I was a child, I learned to ride a bicycle. Thank you, guys. Let's give Jesus and Peter a hand. I just wanted to do, use them as an illustration. Thank you, Kenny. I appreciate it, Eugene. When I was a child, I've shared this before. I learned to ride a bicycle 
I got to a point where I could ride down the road and I could, I had a mongoose. Anybody remember mongoose bikes in the 80s? Come on, you know, wheelies, you know, and skint knees and all kinds of stuff. But I, I got where I could, you know, I could ride, I could sit on the handlebars and ride the bas- bicycle backwards and all kinds of crazy stuff. And, and I got where I, I was trying to learn to ride the bike where I could stand up on the seat, ride down the road and just crawl up. I, I don't, what goes through a kid's mind? Who knows? I, I mean, the angels are like, oh, Lord, God, you told me to watch over him. So I got where I was like, you know, I'm, I'm going to learn to ride the bicycle and I, where I could stand up on the seat. And I got where I could, you know, I'd put one foot on the frame and one foot behind the seat and I'd be riding down the road and doing this. And, and eventually I got, I had done it enough that eventually I got where I <clears throat> could literally, I'd get that thing to go on. And I had, just had the balance and I got up where I could stand on the seat. And I literally stood up on the seat riding down the road like, woo, look at me. And then I hit a rock. And I'm so dumb, I was doing it down a hill. Yeah. Dumb. <laughs> Thank God he put Leslie in my life to protect me now, you know. That's dumb. Don't do that, you know. I skinned my knee. I fell. It hurt. It was really painful. But I will tell you this. It didn't keep me from getting back up on the seat. I was a lot more cautious the next time. <laughs> Let me tell you that. I didn't do it going down a hill. You, you, you see, God wants to bring you to a place and a position in your life where he is going to challenge you. Do you really believe what you say you believe? I mean, think about that for a moment. How much of our security and our faith is in our bank account? I mean, if we lost our bank accounts and our retirement, what if you lost all your retirement today? What if Social Security stopped today? Think about that for a moment. We put a lot of trust and faith in these things, when in truth, maybe God is going to call every one of us to a place and a position where we have to absolutely, totally, 100% trust him. Peter walked on that water, but he started looking around, and you know the story, if familiar as we read it, he began to sink, and he cries out, and Jesus takes his hand, and he said, well, why did you doubt? Now, it's kind of amazing to me that Jesus, you know, he kind of had a rebuke for him. Oh, you of little faith. What? I was just walking on water. I'm little faith. Yeah, he didn't call you to walk on water for a moment. It's a lifetime of walking on water. It means that you get to a place in a position where you never reach the point that you're not having to trust and believe God consistently and getting your eyes off the wind and the waves and just pursuing him and knowing that in the midst of a storm, he's still going to carry you through that. And I love it that the Bible says that immediately... The wind ceased. When he got in the boat, the wind stopped. That's why I said this, that I believe with everything in me that the wind that was blowing against the disciples was a demonic attack. I believe that. The Bible says he's the prince of the power of the... That's right. I believe that what they were experiencing was the enemy trying to keep them from accomplishing the will of God. And in the omniscience of Jesus, he knew exactly what they were going to go through. Maybe you've gotten to a place in your life and you say, God, you really just don't understand what I'm going through. I'm going to invite the worship team to come. I want to close with this. God, you don't know. I mean, I've been through difficulty. I've, I've lost finances. I lost a job. I lost a relationship. My health is not doing well. Here's the truth. He's trying to get you to a place where you can completely trust him. You know, 
live or die, my life's in his hands. Does anybody believe that? Really, truly. You believe it because you got in the car and you drove here today. You didn't know what would happen on the road. Nobody does. I was on the phone yesterday with a friend of mine that's a missionary, Dole Jones. It's going to be coming on, the, on Pentecost Sunday. And while we're talking, I hear, he goes, I just had a wreck. Somebody rear-ended him. He didn't know. He wasn't anticipating that. He was just going through the motions of life. Yeah, talking on the phone. Well, they hit him from behind. It wasn't his fault. So so he's going through life. The, the truth is every one of us will experience times of difficulty. But the truth is Jesus knew it before you went through it. You can write that one down. He knew it before you went through it. Nothing caught him by surprise. A few years ago, I had a uh, spot come up on my nose. It was a little dot at first, and, and it kind of drug on for a couple of years or whatever, and it started bleeding. And I'd wake up some mornings, it'd be bleeding and bleeding, and I've always worked out in the sun, and, and I'm, you know, I'm kind of lily white. People were making fun of my legs yesterday. I'm working on my tan, folks. Stephen got born with one. I'm working on mine. He's even got beautiful hair. So I decided to go to the dermatologist. He's like, oh, well, we're going to have to take a sample of that. And they take a little scraping thing, and then they send it off, and they come back, and they say, it's basal cell carcinoma. What's that? It's cancer, skin cancer, basically. So the doctor is like, we're going to have to cut this out a little bit. And I'm like, okay, so it's got a little spot. Well, he got through. He had this big old hole in my nose, and I'm like, you're ruining my modeling career, doc, you know? How am I going to be a model now? I can't do the... I didn't know what the result of that was and what could or couldn't happen as a result of that. I think he, he got it all. It was a cancer, but they cut it all out. It was gone. They did tests on all the tissue around. I have the scars to prove the journey I've been through. God walked with me through that. Now he said it's a simple thing, yeah. A few years ago, Leslie had to have emergency uh, uh, hysterectomy because they had, she had a tumor the size of a cantaloupe in her. And the doctor said it may be cancer. And that was a long night. She was in horrible pain. And, and I'm sitting there, and they took her into emergency surgery. I didn't know what was going to come of that. But you know what? Jesus was right there with me in the waiting room. And he knew everything. Hallelujah. He knew that the moment that I was born again in 1990 to, to this moment right now, that every trial, every wind, every storm, every difficulty I faced, but nonetheless, he's always been faithful to call me out of a place of comfort and say, God, I trust you. The question is, are we willing to get out of that place of comfort and safety and say, God, I want to walk where you want me to walk? result of that is that when he got in the boat they even they were even more convinced that he was Jesus. Isn't that just the way it is folks? When you go through a storm and God's walking with you through it and he ceases the winds and he brought you through that, you're even more convinced. We're like, wow, wow he really did that. Why do we get amazed at that? He's the son of God. The same God that's worked in the past is the same God's working in the present and the same God that's going to work in your future. And I love it. When they got to the other side, the result of that was that all of the men of the region recognized who he was and they came and brought sick people 
and they, they, they were healed as they touched the hem of his garment. And I'm going to tell you, folks, that's exactly where God has brought community. He said, listen, it's time for community church. You cannot live in the safety and the security of the numbers and the finances. You're going to either trust me and walk with me and know that I am the Savior and I am the provider. I will walk right with you. But the truth is I'm calling community out of a comfort zone so that I can use her for the plan and the purpose that I established this work. It wasn't just for us. He established it for his lost sons and daughters to come into relationship with him. And guess what? People get healed. People get healed. People get delivered. When we walk in a place of faith and trust, people's lives will be transformed and changed. Right now, there's some storms blowing in your life. Right now, there's some of you in this house, you have situations and circumstances that unless Jesus shows up, there is no changing it. It's a storm. You are working overtime to try to get through this storm. You're exhausted. You're tired. It seems like you can't you can't make it to where God's asking you to get to. But the truth is, the Lord knew you are going to go through this storm. This is a moment of faith in your life. It's a moment of faith. It's a moment of trust. But you have to step out of the boat. To experience the supernatural provision of God, it means you walk in a place of the supernatural. Stand with me. Hallelujah. Let's just respond to the word of God this morning. Hallelujah. Lift your hands up to the Lord. Father, we thank you, God, that you've been faithful. Lord, you have been faithful to community church even when the winds have blown against this body. God, even through the difficulties of the storms, the floods, the hurricanes, the things. Father, you've never failed community. You've always stood beside her and walked with her. But God, you called her out of a place of security and comfort to trust you and walk and hope on the water. I just thank you today, God, for your provision in our lives. For this church, God, for this body, for individuals in this room today, that under hearing of the word, that God, that the power of the Holy Spirit begin to work in us, Father, in a new place of faith, a new place of trust, that you're calling us out on the water. No longer can we sit comfortably sitting by, just waiting for you to do something to get into the boat. But Lord, you're calling us as individuals out into the place of faith and trust, complete and total trust in the name of Jesus. So I speak to the winds in the name of the Lord right now. I speak to the winds in the name of Jesus in every situation. Lord, we're going to let go of our safety. We're going to let go of unbelief. We're going to let go of the comfortable places. And we're going to step where you're asking us to step as individuals. I pray in the name of Jesus that every circumstance in this room right now, that Holy Spirit, you would step down into those situations and help your children to walk above the winds and the waves to walk upon the peace of God in the name of Jesus. The storm doesn't end, but we can walk above the wind and the waves. Right now, in Jesus' name, I speak the peace of Jesus in the midst of the storm. The peace of Jesus in the midst of the storm. As we get our eyes upon you, Lord, the one that is faithful, the one that is calling us, the one that has destined us and purposed us as a part of your plan. So we love you. We thank you for your word this morning, Father honor in Jesus name give the Lord a clap offering of praise well we're glad to have you this morning and I know the Lord did some powerful things join us back here this Wednesday night we have a couple of classes that you can be a part of the semester's not over yet I just want to encourage you to take a couple of minutes as on your way out be sure to shake somebody's hands that you don't know 
A lot of visitors here with us this morning. May the Lord bless you, may he keep you, may he cause his face to shine upon you in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll see you guys back here this Wednesday night. today's episode. If you would like to learn more about Community Church, you can visit our website at ccorange.org or come follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash community orange. Thanks so much for listening today. We'll see you next time.